Do you hate the responsibility of cooking dinner every night? Or do you look forward to getting into the kitchen after a long day? Research shows there are some great benefits to cooking, which we explore in today's episode. And while we both agree with the science, this episode is a little different in that one of us loves cooking dinner and the other not so much. Let's dive in and debate. So today, Carolyn, we are talking about the benefits and the drawbacks of cooking at home. Like cooking any meal, really, but we're really focusing on cooking dinner. Like a dinner meal. Yes. Yes. I'm really excited about this episode. I've been wanting to do it for a while because I usually enjoy cooking uh-huh. and baking. Nothing fancy baking-wise, um, but, like, I love to grocery shop. Only if I can go alone, though. That is. Yeah. And if I if there's, like, a meal that takes a few hours to prepare, I just – it feels so wholesome. Like, I love being in the kitchen. Yeah. Which sounds a little like, I don't know, 1950s wife maybe. But so I'm ex- I'm excited to explore this topic. Um, but also you have a cookbook that just came out. I've got two cookbooks. A cookbook. Yet. Cookbook. Yet. <laughs> I don't want to cook dinner most nights. I hate it. Yeah. And, I mean, I love going to the grocery store. I I really used to when I was younger, and I'm getting back there is now that I can go by myself. I love just, like – and you'll notice, like, when I don't – on weekends where I don't have my kids, a lot of times I'll post videos because I'm in Whole Foods just oh, yeah. cruising. Yeah. <laughs> or, like, there was one recently where I saw you went to Trader Joe's, and mm-hmm. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, Carolyn totally – Yeah, I love Just that. took advantage of the fact that she – was not with her kids, and she was in Birmingham, and she hit up all the spots. And I do – I love to cook, or I did. I did. I did. I mean, I didn't get into this field by not loving to cook and not loving to create things with food. And I still like that creative aspect um, of my work. But it's the chore – that cooking dinner after working all day has become yeah. on school nights. Yeah, it's true. And then that's why, you know, I, I mean, I know all the benefits of eating family meals together and then n- nutrition benefits and mental health benefits, you know. So that's why I was like, okay, I've got to cook dinner. So how can we make some really good stuff really quick and, you know, that my kids will eat, that I feel good about, and that's really where – my last two cookbooks have come from because yeah. I just I know I'll get back to loving cooking um but right now it is just one more thing on my to-do list and it's it's definitely I feel like it's complicated when your kids get to be old enough that they've got some after school activities mm-hmm. um you're working full time and if you are the only meal provider in your house, like, you know, you are the only meal provider in your house. And I would love to wish that I were not the only meal provider in my house, but will can't cook anything beyond grilled cheese. So I also am the same meal provider. And there's a lot of pressure when you come home at the end of the day, like, especially if you don't already have something planned and then you layer in like 
are these humans actually going to eat this? Like, I'm going to eat this, but Even are they going to eat it? something they like, you know, it's always like never what they were really hoping for for dinner, <laughs> which that's yes. a whole other issue. But I felt like, feel like kids today, like, we're back when we were growing up, we ate what our mom or parent prepared. Yeah. I mean, it, a lot of times it was not what I was dying for. No. But you ate it because it was dinner. Yeah. You get what you get. <laughs> yeah. And you don't pitch a fit. Exactly. <laughs> and you have your no thank you bite. Mm-hmm. But. Okay. Today, we are not talking about eating a family meal together so much no, we, as we are talking about the act of cooking. Yes. So there are tons of benefits, as I'm sure y'all have heard, about eating family meals together, eating at home together um, from a nutrition perspective, from a mental health perspective, I think even like from an academic perspective. We're not talking about the, that today. We are looking specifically at the process or act of cooking. Yes. And what research suggests. Yes. And I don't know why all these benefits aren't kicking in for me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So now that everybody is biased by our opinions, hopefully, actually, maybe they have a stance like, oh, I'm with Carolyn for sure. Or, oh, I'm with Briarly. But now that you are biased by our opinions, maybe you're leaning one way or another. Let's talk about the benefits of cooking more meals at home. Well, is it good for you? Or is it just adding stress? Yeah, let's look right. at it. Yeah. Okay, what did you find? So the first one is probably not going to be surprising to people. Actually, the first two might not even be surprising to people. People who eat at home more frequently have a healthier diet overall. So research found that um, when people ate a home-cooked dinner seven nights a week, they had significantly better scores on what's called the healthy eating index than the same type of people who said they cook dinner at home either zero nights or two nights a week. Well, now, did we really need a research study to tell us that? I mean, they'll do research studies on a lot of weird things. Yeah. But I, I but feel what, like that's kind of a no-brainer. What I thought was kind of funny, though, about the study is that they said dinner greater than or equal to seven Nights a week. I know. And I was like, there are only seven days in a week. Like, are like, what's going on here? I don't understand. Don't tell me they included parents cooking two meals. Right. Maybe don't they did. tell me that. They, they did not dive down to that level. I can get on a soapbox about that. But then I was a little annoyed by the seven night a week thing. Cause I thought, all right, so you're looking at seven's extreme. Seven's I don't extreme. know anyone who does seven nights no. of cooking. I mean, I would lose my freaking mind. Everybody that I know who even is very like active in cooking still does like takeout or leftovers or, even. Oh, good point. Um, but still does like takeout or goes out to dinner like one night a week. Like yeah. what what about like Friday takeout pizza? Yeah. I do not cook on Fridays. No, I very rarely cook on Fridays. I just very don't. rarely. I'm not capable of it. No way too worn out at that point mm -hmm. yeah far more likely to cook on saturday actually than yes, i am on a friday because i'm relaxed and i have the day and i can plan and think and i'm yeah I, I do a lot of times like thinking about what i'm gonna cook saturday and then actually preparing that dinner saturday night because i have yeah. time and i'm doing it as something i enjoy not as a task yes it's not yeah. I, 
bing, a, bing, bing, bing. Chore or a check mark on your to do list. Yep. Okay, but the seven, so the seven nights extreme really people. irritated me. So I was like, all right, I read the study. I'm now going to the charts, you know, the tables that they give oh, you. Oh, geez, what'd you find? Well, it was positive. So people who cooked five to six nights a week also scored better on their diets in terms of like that was healthy. Was it that much better when they cooked seven nights? No, it wasn't. Okay. The big difference from a number standpoint of like your increase in your healthy eating score was more between like the three to four days and the like five or more. Mm. So <clears throat> like the the bump on your healthy eating score, you still got a bump if you cooked three to four nights a week in your mm-hmm. like your score did improve, but it wasn't great. It was well, it was like a plus one point whatever. Whereas... I have a trick around that. Oh. Because I so don't want to cook. And I try to teach people I talk it's a whole chapter on kind of thinking through this so I could teach people my yeah. um in your new cookbook, in, new in your cookbook? second cookbook, because mm-hmm. there are two. Let's remind everybody, there are two. Yes, yes. So one, I always make extra of what I'm doing because we have leftovers at least two nights a week. Do your kids know that it's leftovers, or do you have to disguise it as a new meal that utilized leftovers? I don't think of it as disguise. Well, I do something else, too, and this is what I really get into in my book is Sunday, I hate meal prep. Hate it, hate it, hate it. Because I don't want it first. You see all these beautiful pictures on social media, but I don't want to eat the same dish nine times that week. Oh, so you know why I hate meal prep on Sundays? Why? Because it's a lot of dishes. True. And then, you know what, somebody, um, a, a doctor the other day pointed out to me when I said I don't like meal prep, and she said, well, she's like, it's actually not good for you. You need a diversity of foods. And I thought, I had never thought about that. Oh, that's a really good point. I never thought about that. Anyway, I do. I make myself go to the grocery on Sunday and get, I have this kind of like, I haven't done any planning. Here's my template for the grocery list. Now, I try to do planning, but when I don't, here's my template of what I get. Um, And then I always make myself prep what I like to call some components. So like if, like, I will grill a bunch of chicken or I will um, roast some vegetables. I will cook a big batch of quinoa or brown rice so that I have those things in my fridge mm-hmm. so that fast forward down the road, you know, I can make, um, come home and make grain bowls or I can make a grain bowl or a salad for myself with the leafy greens I have and the grains and the grilled chicken and right. um, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, maybe the kids don't want that. Well, I've got some corn tortillas. Let's throw some chicken on those and make some chicken tacos. I like it. So I guess that people would call that cooking, but I feel like I'm cheating the system, but yet I'm getting more home-cooked meals in. You already cooked in advance. Yeah. I mean, they didn't... But it didn't feel... This study didn't necessarily measure, like, did you cook seven days a week? And that's very true. Okay. I was just telling people how they could get around it since the break was three to four days versus five to six. I know, but but your solution works. Mm-hmm. It totally works. Mm-hmm. See, in my house, though. <coughs> you have I, a husband that won't eat leftovers, don't you? Yeah, so I would have to disguise that. Like, I, I wouldn't have to, like, hide the cooked chicken in the refrigerator because he's not really going to go looking for it in there. Mm-hmm. But I would have to, like, dress it up so it didn't look like I had reheated it or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. 
Now, my other scapegoats are rotisserie chicken, and I call uh, that home-cooked. That, yeah. I mean, because you don't just eat a rotisserie chicken. You have to pair some other stuff with it. Right. Plus, you got to cut it. Yeah. Does that count? <laughs> okay. What else did you find? Okay. You're going to save some money. That's the second benefit, is you are going to save some money, which I know everybody's going to roll their eyes. Well, I would have said 110%. I've even reported this the same Forbes analysis that you got this from. I've reported this in articles that I've previously written. And I agree wholeheartedly. But lately at the grocery, sometimes I feel like oh, it's, it's been bad. cheaper for us, me to pick something up than it is to buy groceries. Depending on where we go for takeout, Yes, I have. We have had the same exact conversation because so this study. I've never remember groceries being this high. No, no. This analysis from Forbes was from 2018, and what they found was that spending that we spend five times more money ordering dinner for delivery. I want to like specify that it said for delivery than if we were to make a home cooked meal. So like there you will think, be a surcharge. There's a surcharge for the delivery, and you usually need to tip the driver, et cetera, et cetera. But. <clears throat> These days, I'm just waiting for restaurants to catch up. Like, I don't understand why why it is some restaurants, it is just as affordable to go and get food from them as it is to go to the grocery store. Yeah. And prepare a meal. Now, the only difference is sometimes I don't get leftovers. So then it would, in theory, give me, like, lunch the next day. I went to the grocery, I mean, at- to just get, like, not even ingredients for meals. It was things, like, for snacks, like yogurt and some berries and um, things for lunch boxes and, um, like, some Powerades and some bottled waters and things like that. So I had nothing. I had nothing to show that I could use for an actual meal, really. Right, to make it a dinner. It was over $100. It's insanity. I know. It is insanity. I know. Now, again, the same analysis, because this was like, this was something you and I have talked about offline, right? Mm-hmm. About like, okay, well, what about a meal kit delivery service? Because in some ways, those, I think personally, um, and we've been trying them out, give me the benefit of that, like, that home cooked meal. Mm-hmm. Like, I get the, the joy of making the meal. And then I almost always get leftovers, so I enjoy that too. But I'm not sourcing every single ingredient. Like, they're drop shipping it to my door. Yeah. So, but, like, how does that fall on the rank of, like, affordability? So according to the Forbes thing, what they found was that that was definitely more affordable than a restaurant meal, but it's about three times as much as cooking from scratch. Mm. Okay. Which I thought was interesting. Um, so, and then you got to factor in, like the loss if you never cook that meal, mm-hmm. which I think happens to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. That's a very good point. Or if they like send, I know one of the most recent ones that we were doing for a good a good bit would s- always send um, green onions, mm-hmm. and nobody in my family will eat green onions. And so it was like a garnish or it was like a, you know, whatever. And that's food waste. Can you tell them? Like, please don't send any green. Oh. No. I mean, I, maybe like, I'd have I never to tell them that, that it was like an allergy or something. But 
I mean, so I had green onions out the wazoo. Yeah. Huh. All right. Okay. Keep going. So our next benefit is based on new research. Um, so the third benefit of cooking at home is that research shows it is a mood booster. So yes, is cooking at home good for your mental wellness? According to the research, yes. So you think I'm not leaning into it enough? Like <laughs> I don't, going I don't know. So this study I thought was pretty cool. Um, it wasn't huge. It was about 650 adults, which is still a decent size. But they actually, like, they dug into some of the details. So what they found was that um, they had two groups of people. One group did a cooking course. Um, I think it was, yeah, it was seven weeks long. And then the other group that they compared it to, their control group, were people who had enrolled in the cooking course but hadn't been able to take it yet. Like, they were on the waiting list. So that was their comparison point. What they found was that that these people who took – the ones who went through the cooking course improved their cooking skills and confidence and also boosted their mental health. So what they asked them – Did they have kids – I, that I don't know. That is a very good question. Because I'm just sitting here thinking about like a bunch. I'm envisioning some older adults, maybe right? Who kids are gone, and yeah, that sounds fabulous. Yeah, and maybe they like don't know how to like slice an onion quite right, and this is these are the skills they learn. I'm with you. I I can see that. Like holy. So what I wanted to know though is I was like, well, wait, what did they ask them about their mental health? Like why did they yeah. like what what was the measurement there so the in the survey about their mental health they asked like how cheerful and optimistic the participants felt um, how good did they feel about themselves how relaxed or confident were they and did they feel particularly useful i I can agree i get the useful part because when i when i could do cake dinner even though i'm not really looking forward to it like at the end like there's some pride you know, yeah. I feel like I did that. I'm a good mom. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was a good meal or, yeah, you know, look what I did. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so that was how they measured it. Like I said, they compared it to folks who were waiting to get into the cooking class. So same level of interest there. Um, when the researchers dug into like a couple potential reasons, this is what they said. They said that one reason why their findings were so positive is that they thought at least was that cooking classes are a group activity and that gives you like social support and camaraderie. And you and I have talked about this in other regards, like that is already been well documented to promote mental health. Yeah. So yeah, if these are like the empty nesters, right. Who theoretically are these empty nesters who are at home and they're taking a cooking class, like, yes, their mental health is going to be better because they're used to just being them or them and their partner. And yeah, they need so. some social interaction. Exactly. Um, another thing was that they found out that the cooking class participants also said that they enjoyed cooking more for themselves and for others. And so that might explain why the mental health benefits persisted after the class. Okay. So it wasn't just the class. It was like they mentally, they were better even after the class yeah, had they felt like more skilled ended. and yeah. Right. And they had some people over. Yeah. Now what I thought was really fascinating about this 
because of course in my mind I'm like, well, now they're cooking at home, so they're eating healthier, mm-hmm. right? Oh no. They thought about that too. The researchers did. So interestingly, the cooking group didn't or the cooking the the group who took the cooking class didn't actually eat any healthier after completing the course. They what? they weren't eating any healthier than the people who hadn't taken the course. So while that seems a little discouraging, it also to me it really highlighted that you can get the mental health improvements of cooking even without like quote unquote cleaning up your diet. So it's not the improved nutrition that you're getting from cooking necessarily. There are some true mental health benefits just from the act of cooking. Yes. That's what this study suggests. That's yes. kind of cool. Which then made sense to me when I looked at some other research. Like there was a study that looked at um, baking and how baking was um, people who spent time baking had, you know, better mental wellness or like it gave them like joy and, and I don't know what other, I don't remember well, what the other measures were. One thing I want to point out, baking and cooking are very different things. Completely. Totally different things. Completely. And I have never, um, I was about to say I've never loved baking, but I'm just sitting here saying I've never loved, I've, baking is not my thing because I am not good at following a recipe someone else's recipe because I want to change a few things or tinker with it. Yes. And baking is truly like a science experiment. Like if you don't put stuff in the right proportion amounts. Right. Sometimes even, you know, order, um, it's not going to turn out quite right. But I think I can see how it is very beneficial for some people because it's like, um, this is going to sound crazy, but it's kind of like the same way bar class has been really beneficial for me. Um, and it's almost like a form of meditation because I have to, I'm so focused on this class and these tiny little movements mm-hmm. that I can't think about anybody mm-hmm. else. Yeah. And I think baking is the same way. It's a project and you get like immersed in it and you have to be very precise. Yes. And so it totally distracts you from other stuff going on. Yeah. It, it, I agree with you in the sense that like, be it bar or baking or whatever, like <laughs> and it sounds weird to like com- put the two in the same bucket, but it is that it requires such focus that it yields like this meditative benefit. It's the same reason why I would say also exercise based where I would say I prefer to go to a yoga class than I do doing yoga at home on my own. Yeah. Like I really appreciate the like just listening to the instructor and doing as I'm told. Um, so the baking study, interestingly, didn't just look at baking. What they looked at was taking on small creative projects, oh. baking being one of them. And so that totally hits so on what – So I was kind of Yes, point. you were totally okay. on point is that it's the idea of like immersing yourself in a creative task, you know, can help make you happier – they also said that it can lead to more relaxation. Okay. Yeah. I get so it. I get you, it. You were on to something. Yeah. You know, I think my <laughs> real issue is just I've got a lot going on career-wise and I've got a lot going on kid-wise. Yes. And by the end of the day, I'm just exhausted. I just want to sit down, you know? Yeah. But. And I think, so I actually had something similar happen last night, like, it was a very long day at work, which I already vented to you about. Not in a bad way. It was just long. 
And then I worked out and then I came home and I pulled in the driveway. Will's car was not there. I come in the house. I had been in the house for literally three minutes. I let the dogs out and I hear my phone buzzing. And it's him calling and he's like, so what do you want to do for dinner? I mean, I (laughs) wanted to scream. And I was like, this is not his fault. Don't get mad at him. He didn't do this. But it's like, it's that thought of like, it's been a long day. I haven't had a minute to breathe yet. And then all of a sudden, I mean, I did work out, but still like. This is not the first time that you've told me you've gotten aggravated by him asking like, as soon as you get home, what's for dinner? I think you need to tell him like, please do not ask me that until I've been home for at least 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. And then it was like Especially because he's not usually gonna get started on it for you. He's just asking. Oh yeah, no, 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 <laughs> he's not. You're right. I we probably need to have that conversation. This is good. This is very good. Um Yeah, and then but then it but then it, if there isn't a plan, then it becomes this like laborious yeah research project slash debate. I mean, it took us until seven o'clock to decide where we were going to get takeout from. Yeah. I'm like, I, this might be one of the reasons why I get so frustrated because I know what's coming. I know that it's a long, drawn-out process. Well, and I think what weighs into this for me, is, and it sounds like you too, is decision fatigue. Yes, that is so it. It we is. We are so I'm, – I'm so tired of being the one person who makes all the decisions for my family, and mm-hmm. this is just like one more, and I'm – Drained mentally. Yeah. Yeah. When you make decisions all day long. Yep. Yeah. And I think everybody struggles from decision fatigue. Um, but it perhaps that is exactly like what really just twists that sword in the side when it you know comes what? to dinner. I went mm-hmm. to dinner the night of my birthday with two good friends. Mm-hmm. And one of them is Nicole, who we've had in here, who's a great food person chef. You know, I totally trust whatever she recommends. If she ever gives you a restaurant recommendation, you go. You go. Yeah. Um, so I said, I don't want to decide. It's my birthday. No, you order for me, Nicole. That was genius. And it was wonderful. And I had a wonderful meal. I told I her some say, things I didn't want. Yeah. I don't want this. I don't want that. Yeah. 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 It was fabulous. Fabulous. Highly That's recommend it. Genius. <laughs> genius. That was like truly one of the greatest presents. A night off. I love that. Yeah. yeah, from even deciding from a menu. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So smart. Yeah. So, well, thank you. As y'all can probably tell, Briarly pulled all of this, and I really, a lot of this was new to me because I didn't even have a chance to review it. So thank you for pulling all of this together. And I think more than anything, by me saying I'm not thrilled to be cooking dinner most weeknights, I want people to know, like, you're not alone, and it's okay to not love it, like, at certain stages of life, or maybe any stage of life, but I feel like there is such, um, I know for a while, like, you know, when my kids were younger, I went through, like, a, like, kind of, like, shame, like, I'm supposed to be loving doing this yeah. for my family, you know, yeah. and you feel, like, guilt, kind of, and I, I, so I've, when I finally said I don't want to cook dinner a couple of years ago on social media, it kind of resonated with people, you know, like, it's okay. You know, yeah. like, yeah. it's okay. We're going to do it anyway, but it's okay to not love it and be so excited to like, yeah, you know, just get roll there. your sleeves up uh-huh. and get in the kitchen. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. 
No, that's a really good point. I I have um I have a friend of a friend who I have seen her post this a handful of times on Instagram and I always love it. I love the reminder. Nobody told us when we were growing up that once we hit adulthood and especially got married and had kids that we would be responsible for making dinner or at least curating yes. dinner every single night for the rest of our lives. That is, no one tells you that. No. 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 Yeah. I think even if I'd gotten a heads up, like as a teenager or something. Yeah. I, I could have processed it a little and come to terms with it a little more maybe. True. I totally <laughs> agree. But um, I do think it's important to um, – to voice that sometimes cooking dinner just really sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I feel a little better. This is almost like a little rant for me. Like a little rant therapy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Yeah. So. All right. Well, the last thing I want to say is that thus far, the recipes that I've made out of Carolyn's new cookbook, Meals That Heal One Pot, have actually been consumed by all the humans in my house. Yay. And you have some picky humans, I know really picky humans <laughs> so highly recommend it thank and you the one meatball recipe was like those are my favorite freakishly fast they so don't photograph well but they are so good oh my gosh the pesto turkey pesto yes meatballs yeah so good and my kids will eat those every time it went so well and you know i created it as a meatloaf recipe and i needed it to be shorter so I ended up putting <laughs> in muffin tins. It was perfect. <laughs> it was absolutely perfect because it was. It was literally start to finish like 35 minutes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yep. So. so. Yay. Well, we'll link the book in the show notes as well. Yes. And thank you again for pulling all this together for today's episode. Thanks for letting me dive in. Bye, guys. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us for the Happy Eating Podcast. I'm Briarly Horton. And I'm Carolyn Williams. If you liked this week's episode, then don't forget to rate and leave us a review on iTunes. And be sure to hit the subscribe button so you'll never miss a new episode. We can't wait to have you back at our table next week for a brand new episode. Bye. Bye. The contents discussed in the Happy Eating Podcast, such as advice, studies, text, graphics, images, and other material discussed or presented on the site or podcast are for informational purposes only. Content is not intended to be a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your mental health professional or other qualified health providers with any questions you may have regarding your condition. Never disregard professional advice or delay in seeking it because of something you have heard on the Happy Eating Podcast. If you are in crisis or think you may have an emergency, call your doctor or 911 immediately. If you're having suicidal thoughts, call 1-800-273-TALK, that's 8255, to talk to a skilled, trained counselor at the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. If you are located outside the United States, call your local emergency line immediately.